Google ads are particularly interesting because they give us a glimpse into the current, the most current state of our culture. And so in these ads, they will share with us what are the top searches that are happening right now uh, on their search engine. And so this is a Google ad that's been showing a lot in the last couple of weeks during the Olympics and some of these other events that you're seeing on television. And I want you to watch what it is that our culture is searching for right now. So what is it that people are searching for? Starting over. When you look on there, the people are looking for maybe a, a, a new career. They're thinking about moving to a new place. People are getting a new haircut. They're, they're getting a new fashion. Uh, they're, they're, they're thinking about starting over. And maybe, maybe many of you even in this room have, have made some of those changes over this last year. The, the quarantine and the COVID situation just kind of gave everybody the opportunity to have a reset in their lives. And a lot of people have made some big changes over these last several months. There may be people who are in this room who have perhaps slacked off a little bit in your walk with Christ and you're thinking about starting over. There may be people who have never really been involved in church before, and you're just wanting to kind of check all of this out and see what it's about. You're thinking kind of about starting over. And this discipleship journey that we're going on as a church right now is all about our mission as a church and how it is that we're going to, to be disciples who make disciples and how we can get involved in what's happening. And I want you to know it's a great time to start over. It's a great time for you to, to make a commitment. It's a great time for you to get involved. And so today we come to the letter B. Last week we were at the letter A, and we, we understood that means anyone, that we're trying to reach anyone with the good news that Jesus loves them and wants to have a relationship with them. People that go to school with you, people who work with you, people who live in your neighborhood, people who uh, shop where you shop, people who are in your family. We're trying to reach anyone. And we want to move anyone into the B group. And the B group is the big group. It's the church. Our desire is that anyone would commit to become part of this big group. And as we stated last week, this discipleship journey is all about the movement of the gospel in our lives. And for the A group, for anyone, the gospel is absent. They haven't received the gospel yet. But we want them to trust in Jesus as their Savior and move into the B group and where the gospel is proclaimed, where the gospel is preached. That's what happens here in the big group. And so our 2025 vision as a church, you see it on the sign out there as you're coming into the, the atrium, has a goal that we as a church would have 2,000 people in worship attendance. We have a goal 
that as a church we would have four physical campuses across our city with a language congregation on each campus. And we don't have those goals so that we say, wow, look what we've done, or wow, look at us. The reason that we have those goals is because we want the name of Jesus to be lifted high over our city. That we want everybody, anyone in our city to come and to worship Jesus. And we want them to be a part of what he's doing here. We want you to be a part of what he's doing here. We want you to be a part of this church. And so today as we continue through our Discipleship Journey series, I want you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Colossians in Colossians chapter 3. And today we're going to talk about what it's like to be a part of the big group, what it's like to be a part of the church. And so if you have your Bibles, I'd ask that you stand in honor of God's word if you're able. We're going to be in Colossians chapter 3 in verse 14. Colossians three fourteen, the word of God says, Above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity, and let the peace of Christ, to which you were also called in one body, rule your hearts and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another through psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Thank you. You may be seated. I was telling somebody recently that this, this past year and a half, as all this COVID stuff was going on, it was kind of like the, the church is, is a boat, and there was a hurricane that was coming. And we kind of, we pulled that boat into, into the harbor, and we boarded up, and, and we shuttered everything up while this hurricane passed by. But the storm has, has moved on now, and we've opened up all the windows again, and we're letting the light in, and it's time to take the boat back out to sea. It's time for us to get back out into the world. It's time for us to get back out on the mission, and it's time for you to get on board. Because we're headed out on this discipleship journey after the Lord, and we want you to be in it. And so today, as we go through this passage of Scripture, here's the action step for today. The action step is, we want you to join the Lord's church. And we want you to be committed to being part of and worshiping the Lord together in this big group. That's the action step that I want you to be thinking about as we go through this passage of Scripture And so as we look at this passage from Colossians, the first thing that we see in it is that we are called to commit to the local body. We're all called to commit to the local body. When you are forgiven of your sins, your first step in obedience to your walk with the Lord is to identify with the local body of believers. That's through baptism. You're baptized and you're identifying with the church and saying, I'm one of you guys. This is what God has done in my heart. He's forgiven me. The old man is dead and has been buried. I've been raised up to be a new creature in Christ, and I am one of you now. And you are identifying with the local body by making that profession of faith. And so in in Acts chapter 2 at Pentecost, when the people repented and they believed in Jesus, they were baptized and they became part of the church. 
That's what you see happening there at Acts chapter 2. When you read through the New Testament, Paul was writing letters to the church at Rome, to the church at Corinth, to the churches in Galatia, to the church at Ephesus. You hear that word I keep saying over and over again? Because believers are supposed to be gathered into local churches. It's in that local church that we strive together to love one another and to live out the kingdom of God together. So in verse 14, what Paul says to the church at Colossae is, Above all, you should put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. He says to that church, Put on love, that's the perfect thing that's going to hold you together. Now, prior to that verse, he's, he's instructing this church to be compassionate, to be kind, to be humble, to be gentle, to be patient, to be forgiving of one another. And all of these verses are pointing to how we are supposed to love one another and live out the kingdom of God together. And he says, above all of that, put on love. And the word that he uses there is the Greek word agape. It's, it, it, even if you don't know Greek, you've probably heard agape before. And that's, that's always the word that they use to describe God's love. It's a love that's unconditional. It's a, it's a love that's sacrificial and giving. It's a love that sets us apart from the world. It's a love that's, that can't be lost. It's a, it's a love that can't be earned. And so that's what makes the church unique and what makes us special is that we are receiving this love from God and showing this sort of love to one another. In fact, Jesus says in John 13, 35, by this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you agape one another, if you love one another. He says, this is how the world will know that you belong to me, that you're part of of one of my disciples, that you're part of my church, is if you love one another like this. Because that's different than what people experience everywhere else, is this sort of love. And so this church membership is about us committing to one another. That I'm going to be here for you, and you're going to be here for me. And that I'm going to pray for you, and you're going to pray for me. And that I'm going to encourage you, and you're going to encourage me. That I'm going to help you, and you're going to help me. That I'm going to pull you back when you start to go astray, and you're going to do the same thing for me. That we're committing to the local body. We're committing to one another. Pastor Jim Elliff says that, We're not called to live the Christian life apart from the protection of the church. The fellowship of a group of committed believers is vital to our spiritual health and to our endurance in the faith. The church, in the midst of this crooked and perverse generation, is just as important for our survival as the ark was to Noah and his family. They simply would not have survived without it. That's a, that's a vivid picture for it. I mean, you think about Noah without the ark. He's dead, right? <laughs> Everybody else was. He's saying that that's just as important for us is to be involved in this ark, in this church. And so Paul says that this sort of love that we would show one another is the perfect thing that holds us together. It's the perfect bond of unity. 
is saying, I'm committing to be in this with you. Now, when you get a lot of people together, it can be difficult to maintain that sort of unity. It's going to really require that we show this sort of love that we're talking about. We're going to have to show this sort of agape, unconditional, uh, sacrificial, forgiving, can't-be-earned, can't-be-lost sort of love to one another. Because, you know, people have different likes and dislikes. People have different preferences. We have different things that are important to them. Somebody's going to always hurt somebody else's feelings. And so you have to work at unity with agape love. And there's a cost for that kind of unity. It's not that we avoid conflicts altogether, because that's apathy. And apathy says, I don't care enough about you to figure this out and to work this out. Instead, we're going to do the harder thing, which is forgiveness and reconciliation. And that's the the Christ-like thing. That's the thing that would honor the Lord. And when we do that, the world goes, there's something different about those people because we don't do that out here but they're working together at trying to do this thing one of our church's values that's on the wall out in the atrium is we over me and that's what this verse is all about it's that we would put on love and that we would strive for unity over our own desires our own preferences etc and that's the spiritually mature thing But it is the harder thing for us to have an idea of we over me. It's much easier to do me over we, right? That's the carnal thing. That's the the selfish thing. But the spiritually mature thing is we over me. The easier thing is to say, hey, all the younger people, y'all go over there. All the older people, y'all go over there. But instead... We're working toward being multi-generational. The easier thing to do is to say, if you like that kind of music, you go over there. If you like that kind of music, you go over there. But instead, we're working toward incorporating all of the gifts that God has put in this body to be used to glorify and to worship the Lord. The easier thing is to say, if your culture is like this, then you should go over there. If your culture is like that, then you should go over there. But instead, we're working toward being multicultural like the community where we exist. And there's no doubt that this is the harder thing to do. But it's also the thing that proclaims to the world that Jesus is bigger and better than all of those things. And so he says in verse 15, let the peace of Christ, to which you were also called in one body, to rule your hearts and be thankful. So he says we are called into one body. That's showing us this unity that we are bound together in the Lord, that we're redeemed by him and that we're brought together as a family. And the word that the Bible uses over and over says that we're brothers and we're sisters, that we're family together in Christ, which means that we're committed to one another. There's two verses that come to mind when I think about this. Mark 12, 31, where Jesus says the second commandment is that you would love your neighbor as yourself that we would love our neighbor as ourselves, And then, of course, in Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, where Paul says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, 
but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. This is we over me. This is loving one another with agape love. This is striving together for the unity in Christ. And I can assure you that probably like 90% of our church's problems, of all church's problems, would be solved if we had followed just those two verses right there. Just those two. And so as we, as we care for one another with this agape love, he says to let the peace of Christ rule us. The peace of Christ. That's a peace, the Bible says, that passes all of our understanding. It's a peace that puts our hearts and our minds at rest. And it, it is peace because we are submitted to Christ as our head. Colossians chapter 1 verse 18 says that Jesus is the head of the body, the church. That he's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. So that he might come to have first place in everything. And so Christ is the head, he is the ruler over the church, and we all submit ourselves under his lordship. And so when there's a problem, we submit to Christ and to his word. When there's sin, we submit it to Christ and to his word. We submit everything that we are and everything that we have and everything that we do to Christ and to his word. And so with Christ as our head, we are able to live peaceably together. But we have to commit to the local body. The second thing that we see in this passage is that in this big group, we're all committed to the Lord. We commit to the local body because ultimately we're committed to the Lord. He's called us out of darkness and into light. He's redeemed us. He's set us free from the prison of our sin. And so he's the king and the Lord over our lives. And our highest allegiance is to him. And our deepest commitment is to him. If God is the center of your life and you're committed to him, then you will undoubtedly be committed to his church. Because the church is the bride of Christ. You cannot read the New Testament and come away with any other conclusion than that Jesus wants you to be a part of the church. When you read the Gospels, they're about Jesus making the way of salvation for his church. When you read the book of Acts, it's about the formation and spread of his church. All the epistles are written to instruct his church. The revelation is to encourage his church that he's coming back to bring her home. You can't read it and not say we're supposed to be part of the church. And so being committed to the Lord means being committed to his church. Now some people would say, well, that's, I like Jesus, I just don't like the church. And I, that's a very common sentiment that you hear. And I understand what you're saying. You're disillusioned with how Jesus' people don't always look and act like Jesus. But saying I love Jesus but I don't like the church is like saying you like me but you hate my wife. The church is the bride of Christ. And we might not be perfect but we're his. And we go together. 
And we are, we're a gathering of sinners and hypocrites and people that are going to let you down, but we're forgiven through the blood of Jesus that atones for our sin. We're set free by the resurrection power of our living Lord, and we're being sanctified daily through the Holy Spirit at work, applying the Word of God in our hearts. And we might not be perfect, but we're committed to the Lord and to one another. And so if you're not committed to the Lord's church, then you aren't really committed to the Lord. Tim Keller, pastor in New York City, says, if God is not at the center of your life, then something else is. And a lot of people's commitment to the church has waned over the past year and a half. We got comfortable going to Bedside Baptist Church in our pajamas. We liked brunch more than the gathering of the saints. We liked camping more than worshiping with God's people. We liked sports more than being together. And I get it. I mean, my my boys play travel baseball. But we make it work and work really hard at it because we're committed to the Lord and to his church. Now, I'm not saying you have to have perfect attendance to go to heaven. But at some point, you're no longer missing church sometimes to go to the lake. You're missing the lake sometimes to go to church. And if we're a body, then it's important that you're here. We need you here. Because when we're all together, we're using our gifts to edify one another and to glorify the Lord. And so when you're not here, we miss you. We're missing part of the body that God put here in this place and covenanted together to serve the Lord. Pastor Mark Dever says, if the church is a building, then we must be bricks in it. If the church is a body, then we're its members. If the church is a household of faith, then we're part of that household. Sheep are in a flock. Branches are on a vine. Biblically, if we are Christians, then we must be members of the church. This membership is not simply the record of a statement we once made or of affection toward a familiar place. It must be the reflection of a living commitment or it is worthless. We're going to be committed to the Lord Together. And so he says here in verse 16, this is what it's like in the church. Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Paul's reminding them of their commitment to the Lord, that they're committed to one another. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25 says, Let us Watch out for one another to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing. They were doing that back in the first century. But encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day approaching. And so he says that that you are to help push one another in your walk with God. That the word of God is going to be your authority, that it's going to be your guide, that it's going to dwell richly among you. That, that the word of God is going to be how we teach one another, that we're going to call one another to obey God's word, 
That's what he says there by saying that we're going to admonish one another and teach one another. That we're going to worship the Lord together through psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing to God. This is the beauty of this fellowship. That when we're all committed to the Lord, this is a special place. This is a place of salvation. This is a place of life change. This is a place of forgiveness. This is a place of healing. This is a place of restored marriages. This is a place where prodigals return home. This is a place of grace. This is a place of compassion. This is a place of love. This is a place of service. This is a place where we comfort the mourning. This is a place where we're patient with those who are growing. And it's a beautiful place when we're committed to the Lord. When we put on the mind of Christ and we love with the love of Christ. That's why Paul says there in verse 17, whatever you do in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Doing everything in the name of the Lord Jesus means doing it according to the will of Christ, doing it in the, in the way of Christ, doing it according to the word of Christ. And he says that everything that you do should be like that. Everything that we do together ought to be that way. That's the type of fellowship that we're called to be. It's a place of submission to Christ. But he also says it's a place of celebration of Christ. He says that we're to give thanks to God the Father through him. It's a place where we celebrate the Lord and celebrate what he's done in us, what he's doing through us. This is a place of excitement, a place of celebration, because it's a place of the good news. It's a place of salvation. It's a place of freedom. This is the big group. It's the church. And Jesus said he's going to build it, and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. This is who we are. This past year may have been a year where we pulled the boat into the harbor, and, and the hurricane has passed by, but the storm is gone. And we're opening everything up. And now it's time to take the boat back out to sea, and it's time for you to get on board. Because we're headed out on this discipleship journey together. And so Christians this morning, now is the time for us to commit together. To commit to one another, to be committed to the Lord, to be the church that he's created for us to be. To be the church that he desires for us to be. To be that place of agape love. To be that place of of unity. To be that place of celebration. To be that place where we're together. And so perhaps during this time of invitation, you want to come and pray at this altar. And let's commit ourselves to be the type of church, to be the big group that God wants us to be. There may be some this morning who need to commit to join Wallace Memorial Baptist Church. We said at the beginning that this is, a, this is a time where everybody's thinking about starting over. And maybe today is the time for you to start a new relationship, a new commitment, become part of this church family. 
We've, some of us have been dating a long time, and it's time that we commit to one another. But you can join in a couple of ways. One is by coming and professing Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life. And then you would then be baptized and become part of the church family. And some of you might need to make that decision this morning to say, I need to receive that good news into my life, to turn from my sin and to follow Jesus. In a minute, there's, we're going to sing. There's going to be leaders here at the front. And that's the time that you would come and say, I want to make that decision this morning, become part of this local body. There are others that would join by what's called a transfer of your letter of membership. Maybe you're, you've been a member at another church and you feel like God is calling you to become part of this body, to commit to this local body. This is the time that you would come and do that, that you would come forward and say, I'm ready to, to commit. I'm ready to become part of this church family. And so let me be very clear. When we stand, when we sing, that's when you go. Okay, sometimes people will say, was that the time? Yeah, that was it, right then. So, so come forward when we do this in just a minute uh, and, and make those decisions today. But as Matt said at the very beginning of our welcome today, we want to see God move like we've never seen before. And that's going to take us being committed to the local body and being committed to the Lord on this discipleship journey. Let's stand with every head bowed and every eye closed. God, we give you thanks today for your word. Lord, we thank, we're thankful for your church. God, that we get to be a part of this big group. And God, we know it's not perfect because I'm in it. But God, this is, this is your bride. This is, this is the place where we get to live out the kingdom of God. And it's a special place. It's unique in this world that's filled with sin and darkness. And we're called to be a light, to be salt, to be a city that's on a hill. And God, our prayer today is that we would commit to be all those things that you've called us to be as the church. And so God, move in our hearts today, Lord, that we would, that we would be committed to the big group. And God, for those that you're calling to become part of this church, whether it's by coming to, to call on Jesus as their Savior or coming to say, I want to become a member of this church, God, I pray that they would come. Now's the time. We're sending the boat out to go do the work of the Lord. And so, God, I pray that they would get on board today. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.